0: Welcome back to Scrubbed In, episode seven. This episode needs no introduction. We're gonna continue what we were talking about last week, which is our time on our first ever clinical placement. Um, So I'm gonna try to remember what we stopped on last time.
1: Um, Where where did we stop, do you remember? The fact that you always came to Margate thinking that I'm gonna bring money for a cab ride home. Nah, (laughs) listen,
0: no. It was you.
1: was, oh my god. I oh do you know what? I used
0: to always bring money, I used to always have change. But, but the you one time
1: your exa- okay, let me tell you my, yeah. my point of view first, I think. Uh, let me have first say. So I come to Margate with all the bags and everything, mm. I meet you in Victoria, we take the whole coach ride, mm. right? At no point in the journey you tell me you bought your exact fair share of the cab ride yeah. of two pound fifty in an exact coin of yeah. two two pound two one pound coins and fifty yeah. pounds so when we get to Margate, yeah, why do you tell me once it's like one AM, yeah, all the banks are shut. Yeah. There's no cash point inside, yeah. you tell me where's your share of the money? Yeah. Wait why did you one year, Yeah.
0: So just a bit of context. So the hospital, or the accommodation we're staying, it's probably like a five ten minute ride, cab ride from the station. And we usually normally grab a cab, you take the coach to Margate station, then you take a mm-hmm. cab to the hospital or the accommodation. And um so normally, I always bring change, you know, I'm the money man, in it. <laughs>
1: the money man. So, You've got
0: two £1 coins and a fifty. So normally, coin. I usually have change, right? like I have £5, but this was the one time I came with, like, enough change to cover my part of the journey. But he assumed that I would have enough to cover it. He said, look, look, thing, look, why now. didn't you bring your own money? That's one. Why did you legit come and thought, I'm going to pay for it? You should have bought your fare. No, <laughs> no, listen,
1: listen. Every time we had money, yeah. okay, fine. The preceding million times we yeah. had our money, we yeah. brought our fish here. Yeah. Just one day I didn't have change. Yeah. And I thought, oh, the guy usually has a note on him. Yeah. So it's cool. So for me, it was the one
0: day I thought, do you know what? I don't have any more change. I've just got enough. Fare. So what it meant is basically we realized we had 2.50 between us. 2 a.m.? 2 a.m. or like 1 o'clock. It was super late. Man, and we used to come with these proper big night rucksacks because we used to carry our laptops, our clothes. Mm and um, we used to have like a bunch it of was food containers.
1: Asian household that used to supply you with yeah. three
0: weeks worth of food. So, and we were like, crap. And I remember we were like, fine, we're going to have to walk it, And it was the, like a 10-15 minute walk with breaks every five minutes.
1: And it's not, the thing is, it was like uphill yeah, as well, it was, so it was and stress. It's, it's,
0: and these places, especially the, the one thing you have to understand is London is very well connected. There's tubes, there's cabs, there's bus stops. The places outside of London, it doesn't exist like that. We tried the
1: the well, thumb technique. Remember, yeah. We stood outside. Yeah, yeah. So we did that. Thumb. What
0: did we get? We got abuse. Literally, <laughs> remember there was a group of guys in a car, and it was just teased us two Asian people walking down. And literally, they pulled down the window, looked at us, and splurred some comments which I don't want
1: to say on camera. We can just say it in a very posh tone.
0: No, they just basically cast our mother's, our dad's our ethnicity, and us. In one very nice long sentence. And we just looked at them. Like we just looked at them, <laughs> with our thumbs sticking up, if they could give us a lift to the hospital. And that put it even more down now. So we're going up this hill. We just got abused. We don't have enough money between us, and we're literally walking for 10 15 minutes, and we have to take every five-minute breaks. And I remember we had to move the bag from one shoulder to the other shoulder because it hurts, and then you get these marks on your hands because the curry are so heavy. Man, we had. That because was a rough day.
1: Yeah. It was a 20. No, it was a 20 minute journey. Yeah. No. It was longer than that. It took a while. 100% it took a while typical. because we needed breaks. And, yeah. you know, and we were providing each other moral support. Yeah. Like, Abdul, are you okay bro? <laughs> Do you need a like, five minute break? And then after 10 minutes he'd be like, Yo, am so yeah. you okay. Yeah. <laughs> you need. <laughs> you was. it was such a long-winded route to answer to.
0: But place, it outside of London. It just pays to have a car. Pays to have enough money a car. But. And we got the And movie. you know what the With funny the guys thing guys was, yeah? Bro. It's like. We never learned from our mistakes because this wasn't the first time. We had two other peripheral placements. So we did Margate, we did Ashford and then we did somewhere else. Hastings. Hastings, yeah. Every time there will always be that one day where neither of us has enough money or I forget, he forgets or something would have happened and we're just walking and the walk from the station to the hospital or the walk from the accommodation. <laughs> and it was like a 15, 20 walk and you're carrying like half the world with you. The weight of the world and our the show. are <laughs> just literally just giving each other moral guidance and support.
1: Um, but we got away. So we used to say to the cab so again a tip if you don't have money, yeah. Ask the cab driver to take you to a cash point. Yeah. I think we did that a yeah, couple yeah. of times. They'd take us to the cash point and then take us to a yeah. destination. So like
0: it's worth asking. Yeah. Um, but that farm technique it doesn't work. Yeah, you just don't, get racial don't, abuse. Don't, don't. Um and we were shocked. When it happened, our jaws dropped. We literally just looked at each other and we laughed. We actually laughed because it was so funny. Um, so that was that cab journey. Um, remember uh, one of our favorite consultants? Oh my. There is this legendary consultant at the hospital we're in. Um, he was a stroke consultant, super lovely guy, very knowledgeable. And he used to do PowerPoint presentations.
1: No, no, going on to his character though, he was super nice. I remember mm. every single person in mm. the hospital. Yeah. saying hello to him, would give him a smile. Yeah, right the way from cleaners to doctors mm. to nurses to HCs, yeah. he was just such a lovely guy. He was like a soft uh, character, and like um, you enjoyed seeing him. And yeah. I remember
0: he used to go to his office. He was loads of full of cards and chocolates. Everyone yeah. loved him. He was that doctor. Everyone loved, and he genuinely cared about his patients and all the people he worked with. And he was very enthusiastic, right? And I remember he used to give us these, like, presentations, which was just like white with black text and so there was Blocks this block of heavy text because he knew what he was talking yeah. about and I remember before we got here he was mentioning like medical students are very good at showing you that they're very attentive and listening when in fact they're probably zoning out and their mind is elsewhere and my days I remember he had this presentation and you're know, on the left hand side you can see how many slides on the bottom he said 234 pieces of information was 234 slides even if a slide is 10 seconds yeah that's like you're gonna be there forever, really? and I remember we got up to a hundred and something, and he probably just sensed that. And I, re- and I remember, everyone was fatigued and tired, and it's like a two-three hour <laughs> learning session.
1: What happened was, yeah. so he tried to make it into an engaging lecture, yeah. and he would ask questions, and everyone was like, uh, "Yeah." Uh, <laughs> I remember he's like, "Okay, yeah. let's see how many slides we have
0: left to go." So he exited <laughs> there, and he was at a hundred and something. He's like. Oh gosh, another 100 to go. So, what do you see? He's like, okay, chaps, this is enough today. Exit and left. He just saw there was another 100 slides to go. Neither him nor us were in any mood at all to learn. It was like a Thursday or Friday evening. Everyone wanted to get home. But I remember I have never, till today, seen a PowerPoint presentation with more than 30, 40 slides. But 200, he got tired. He saw the number of slides left and he got tired and he's like, chaps, you know what? You can go
1: home. But He, he's a lovely, lovely, lovely. There's two things that that shows, right? Number one is that we can't learn from big blocks of Mm. text on powerpoints, and especially when there's two hundred and fifty million slides. Yeah, Um, he got tired of it. he turned it off and he walked out. He got tired of his own presentation. He got tired of (laughs) his own (laughs) presentation that he was delivering, and then he left and quit. Um, Um, And then you touched on it before. So you touched on the fact that medical students are pros the absolute pros of showing you mm-hmm, yeah yeah got it got it understand mm. and then when the consultant asks you okay mm. then so mm. what protein did I just mention and yeah. you're just like no <laughs> just like sorry I don't know no we were pros at that we were absolute pros <laughs> um
0: no so that was um like the clinical presentation but the teaching sessions were really good the tutorials were really good because mm-hmm. compared to lecture theatres I think which was last last week's episode now you're, in, a, you're what, in clinical firms with a clinical pair and it's like max eight to 12 people. So mm-hmm. you're in a very small room and you get really good teaching and you get to practice oskis and you get to practice all lot of different things. So it's like being back in school again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that covers um, clinical skills. Do you know, what I just remembered. So Margate was basically at that time, it's, like, it's the whole insecurities thing. So I used to be really skinny then I'm still really skinny. I kind of lost a lot of weight. Yeah. We used to go to this gym, right? And it was like, like a ghetto gym. There was a nice gym around the corner, but that was like 60 pound a month.
1: Oh, that was weird. it was like, a Bannertine gym, I think. Bannertine or Bannertine like
0: Bannertine a, gym. a Lloyd gym. One of these fancy gyms, like some of the people went there, but 60 pound was far too much money for us. Mm. Um, bear in mind, we used to take the coach because it was cheaper than the train. And exactly. that coach journey was another hour longer than like a, a two hour train journey. Mm. So we ended up finding this gym, or I found this gym, which was another 15, 20 minute walk. Um, and lo and behold the beauty this gym was really good gym but the one so in this gym it's a family-run gym um but the one guy whose family used to own it was basically B young so i don't know who i'm sure everyone will know who B young -Young, he's a guy that did jumanji jumanji gucci demon like he's like a massive super youtube like he was a, a really rapper.
1: nice guy man no, he still
0: is he's yeah, like, really nice so guy. basically w- for all the people that know him we used to basically a good few years ago go to gym with B Young and he used to be like a tank like yeah, he was really, really hedged and I remember we used to gym with him and he used to be like yo he's from London and we're from London and he was like yo this is the family mm-hmm. gym and he used to talk about us and we kind of got along um but this was like pre-fame so this, this is before him before he got he famous, famous and like we used to be gym together he spot us we spot him and it was good fun and i was just like talking about i was like because you know we we're thinking about marketing i was like bro do you imagine can you imagine we used to go gym with be young
1: exactly you yeah. know a
0: good two three times a week out there s- smashing out the weights so be young if you're watching B-Young. this yeah remember us you're doing amazing remember
1: yeah. can you subscribe yeah, like, and
0: sure. share our, our yeah. podcast please so be young if you're watching this make sure you subscribe like comment but massive congratulations man he was yeah, such true. a good down to earth humble guy and he deserves every success mm, in the world mm, mm, mm. And, and i hope and i wish him even more success yeah um so all the people at Be young tell him if he remembers us i'm sure he will do because we have yeah. loads of jokes because you're out there in margate and we're all london people and you know it's like when you're familiar with someone you kind of make a bond with them uh, but yeah, it was, it was just funny. can you imagine? And I remember the first time mm-hmm. we saw his YouTube music video on YouTube, and yeah. I remember it was on our group chat, I was like, yo, yo mandem, this Do is it. the guy we to go gym with. Like, He's got Whoa. a banging music track. So you get a bit excited. Um, but yeah, like, um, that was a good time. It was good, it was good. Um, wow, so I'm trying to think of like, all the stories, because there's so many and I, don't, I kind of want to share it all with you.
1: Hold on, hold on, before we start just giving stories yeah. away, we need to think about giving them also an insight. Okay, right? fine. So uh, we, we take a, let's take a quick step back. Mm. Um, what can we tell them about clinical placement? Clean, um, all right. So, so we've said the structure, right? Mm. We've told them about the structure, that it's now you're in groups of three, no, groups of eight or ten individuals, you're in pairs, mm. you go to the wards. Is there anything else you can think of?
0: I'd say, um, so, uh, before that, yeah, me and Ams, like, be in the room next to each other, right? So we used to plan the night before, okay, we're gonna wake up at 9, get in for 9.30, and he used to always add a half an hour, and I remember we got to the point, Ams is very punctual; he's always on time, I used to always be late, and I remember we got to the point, he had to ring my phone, wake me up, and then he started banging the door. the, the wall, the wall? I used wall. To kick yeah, the wall yeah. and kick. And like, I have to wake up, you know, every day we're going in late cause of you. <laughs> so I would say, get a good clinical partner. Have someone that's very diligent, very honored like Ams. But I think the key thing that we learned was, you get given a timetable but as a medical student, we have autonomy like you are Mm, allowed mm, to mm. do a lot of self-directed learning yeah so i would say you don't need to basically go to every single ward round do everything so all the composite stuff do it because you need to be there Mm. but at the end of the day it's self-directed learning so make the most of it so make your own timetable as a supplement to the one you get given and if you you know, your these are opportunities before you become a doctor to speak to as many patients as you can, examine as many patients as you can, and basically have supervision. Because as soon as you become a doctor, that responsibility falls on you, yeah. and maximize your learning. So if you feel that ward runs aren't beneficial for you, go to the one or two, learn how it works, learn okay, these are the skills I need to learn. Mm. Then start going off. Like you know, we used
1: to do like, I think that's what it was, isn't it? So me and you, what we decided was that we identified what skills we needed to have. I.e., we needed to be able to pick up abnormal heart sounds Mm. when there was sort of differences in pulses Mm. um how to do a chest exam all of the sort of must-have skills and instead of just sort of joining ward rounds and always just just hanging around the wards what we did was we created our own timetable saying Mm. okay week one Abdul, we're going to go in and just listen to lots of heart sounds Mm. week two what we'll do is we'll go and listen to lots of breath sounds week three uh we'll do lots of examination then you'll assess me and mm. I'll assess you yeah. um, and give feedback I think that's important with a partner give loads of feedback um, I think that will yeah. set so we're proactive really well. so it's very mm.
0: easy to basically hang around and not do anything you can easily spend a good few hours just hanging around having a long lunch break but be proactive you know you get logbooks. there mm. are ways to guide it so you know at the end of the rotation or at the end of the next few weeks you know you want to say I want to have learned how to do a cardiovascular exam I want to learn how to you know take a cardiac history or do blood and I mean, be proactive because it's very easily you can get through med school mm-hmm. not having learned anything and then there's this rush, day one of F one where you're learning how to do things. There will always be there will always be a situation where you need to learn because you may not have covered it. But be proactive, like mm-hmm. and use the logbook as a guide, especially for king students, like learn how to do procedures, examinations, learn. You're in know, a very protected and safe environment. So I would say yeah. take that to your advantage don't just stick to the timetable they're giving you because a lot of them is free time and you can just easily be sitting around so be proactive make yeah. the most of it because the stuff we learned in third year on the cardiology medicine block are still the same things that I use today exactly and you know what I mean and we're thankful and grateful that we were proactive mm-hmm. Do you know what and it was the reason why we were very good at Oscar at the end of the day you are dealing with real patients and if you don't speak to real patients and you don't get into the manner of speaking to them or having etiquettes and manners, these are things you'll be playing to catch up to learn later on.
1: And you want to, importantly, you want to play the long game. Mm. I think that's what allowed me and you mm. to continue with all the extra projects that we yeah. were doing at the time. Mm. So I think we were we decided to be consistent mm. every day and do some work every day rather than no work and then do lots of work heading yeah. up to exams. Mm. And I think that's why we managed to do sort of OSCEs. We only, if you think about it, we mm. practice OSCEs for a, a relatively a period shorter of period of time under sort of assessed so sort of time pressure. Otherwise we were just just consistently just going in, yeah, um, engaging with the clinical team and yeah. things like that. Um, so I think the long game is definitely advisable. The long game allows you to also be stress free. We weren't yeah. stressing like Especially crazy. for medicine, yeah.
0: Um, and it and it doesn't mean like I still feel we had immense amount of fun. We enjoyed med school, we enjoyed our clinical rotations, mm-hmm. we enjoyed living out for three months. At the same time, although we didn't kind of revised textbook go for the books, mm-hmm. We clinical skills and you know patient-wise, we learned a lot. Um, so you can do both. Um, and I think it pays to be organized, it pays to kind of make a plan, it kind of pays to have you know, a structured approach in your learning. And like we said in the previous episodes, find the best way you learn. If, it's some, if you're someone that needs to do things in a repetitive order, if you're someone that's a visual learner, if you're someone that needs to go by yourself just to kind of gather your head, gather your thoughts, do that. If you need someone that you need someone to teach you or watch you do it to give you feedback, mm-hmm. do it. But don't waste time at med school don't hang around and not do nothing because it can easily happen and we're victims to as well there's been days we've rocked up haven't done anything and gone back home and we, we literally didn't achieve anything um, yeah, exactly. so that is a bit of like a serious point for people that are watching and do want some sort of advice mm. and tips and tricks on how to do well in med school or any degree really yeah and be proactive but don't, but
1: don't let's be honest though Let, let's um, you can't be disheartened by it because it's part and parcel of being a medical student turning up onto the wards mm. Um, and the registrar or the FY1 is supposed to be teaching you but then they've had crash calls and they've got loads of important jobs to do Mm. or to get a patient transferred into a major centre or accept a patient and so forth and so teaching gets cancelled I think it's quite disheartening because you just literally you'll turn up at 9am you'll be there until 1pm and nothing's happened Mm. Uh, so it's quite disheartening but at the same time it's part and parcel just keep your chin up and make sure you always have a plan a plan B so, with your clinical partner, if the teaching doesn't go ahead, you can say, okay, you know what, let's go and examine, let's do a cardiovascular exam on a patient and I'll critique you, you'll critique me. Make use of your time and be proactive. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm trying to think of anything else that would be beneficial to the
0: people that are listening and, and seeing this. And um, we've kind of talked about the things that we got up to. You know, we've talked about bullying and how to kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. We talked about how. Clinical play, placements are an amazing opportunity to learn. We, you know, we talked about the madness. I remember, remember that time. One of our mates we basically blocked the sink, and it was you know, you know when you block the sink, the water used to come up. So what we oh did, we went. You open it and these little, none of us are plumbers. Let's be honest. And one of the guys basically he unplugged it to basically take out the the whatever was blocking it, and he ended up flooding the kitchen. Oh, it was all my eggshells. Yeah, it was the eggshells. <laughs> my eggshells. Yeah, so he flooded the kitchen. <laughs> I'm literally, I can remember the picture in my head right now because I took a photo of it and we just flooded the kitchen. I think they must have rejoiced in joy like, when we left because we caused havoc in that building. In that, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It was Block D, but I can't remember which. Let's not give too many details away, man. Do you want to be hunted down? No, it was Block D, but I can't remember what flight it was. But, man, we had a lot of fun. It was good fun. And good fun. I, I thoroughly really enjoyed it. You know, it was a good time. Not only did we get to learn a lot of medicine we finally became medical students we kind of saw an insight into what it takes mm. to be a doctor and it's nice it was a change bear in mind we did pre-clinical years and even before doing clinical skills or clinical placement we did an integrated BSc which mm, we, we did, can talk inter- about next week uh, so, before, yeah. so so it was three years of like clinical um, like lectures and it was nice it was refreshing to be on the wards be free yeah. have more autonomy more self-directed learning and you can't afford the part of being a doctor. Um, mm. So that was good. I think to wrap up, um, it'd be nice to kind of, because I know we didn't probably give in the last episode three pieces of advice or three golden nuggets. Um, and we can keep a focus on how to make the most
1: of clinical years or how to make the most of clinical placements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so if I give my three bits, I would say number one. So I'm going to be give lots of academic advice here, I think. So um, number one, what I think you should do is understand the pathology of whatever disease you're studying, right? Don't just learn the signs and symptoms. I think the Oxford handbook, the cheese and onion book was really good for that. It just Mm. gave signs, it gave symptoms, it gave causes, and it just sort of said straight away Mm. what it is. Um, But I found that very difficult because how do you commit that to memory? And it just it just takes up a lot of memory space like Mm. that. So what I did was I actually studied a different book. I did the Kamara and Clark book first and used just the general Internet. And I would understand the pathophysiology, so understand why, how diabetes comes about, Mm. how a heart attack occurs, what's happening at the sort of vascular level. And when you understand all of that, you're right, you don't need to memorize signs and symptoms. It makes sense why certain things occur. Mm. Um, So I think understand the topic and then move on to learning what, what it sort of manifests as in a patient. So that's number one number two make sure you have a clinical partner okay make sure you have a partner and you both motivate each other you go in you have plan b's c's make sure you're always critiquing each other and you're having fun that's the Mm. most important thing um and that's number three so number one and two essentially work hard number three make sure you play hard so also just have fun um learn how to enjoy the ward rounds learn how to enjoy going into placement learn how to enjoy when you got time away from the placement. Um so yeah, those three things I think they're the most important things.
0: Um yeah, I'd probably echo what you said. Um me knowing me or people that know me, I'll flip it, I'll say work hard, play hard, say enjoy it, enjoy your yeah. time.
1: Your Insta stories telling everyone to watch Peaky Blinders after yeah. time.
0: Oh yeah, so by the way, Peaky Blinders, if there's two things you do on a Sunday is watch scrub dinner then watch Peaky Blinders. Um, in that order,
1: by
0: the in first. Yeah. So I'd say make sure you enjoy time. Make sure you enjoy your time at medical school, at university, clinical placements. Because um, you don't want to kind of leave university having regrets kind of because you don't... Because F1 and F2 is busy. We know it. We're busy. We just came off a busy mm-hmm. shift. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it so that when you look back, you're like, you know what? Now it's time for me to work. Let me work, grind. Let me work hard because I did get to enjoy medical school. So enjoy it. By the same time, make sure you take the time and effort to learn. Mm-hmm. And... I would say clinical years are some of the years that kind of define you as a doctor and are years when you can hone in your skills to become a very good junior doctor. Secondly, I would say having a very, having a clinical partner is good. You can encourage and motivate each other and there is a responsibility. So for me, if I was by myself, I know I'd wake up late, I'd have no responsibility, I'd be all over the place, but having that commitment and you know, if I'm saying let's get in for 9, 9.30, I'll be like, you know what, I can't let him down, I need to be in there. And that means I end up learning. Mm. And the third piece of advice I would say is is I always come back to identify the way you learn. If you're someone that needs to read something before you go to the ward run or if you're someone that before you examine a patient, learn how to examine a patient, examine them, learn and get feedback and then refine it. Do that. Find what works for you. Find the best way you learn and keep at it. And you can always learn different techniques. Mm. Don't stick to one. Don't stick to. I know my learning style is very different to AMS and AMS Mm. is very different to mine it's very easy to be caught up. Oh, the vast majority of medical students are revising in this way. They're spending hours on end. Don't, don't, you know, be sucked into that. Find your way of learning. And I think the good thing is, is doctors, consultants, they enjoy teaching and they're more than happy to help. So and at the end of the day, medicine, it doesn't value. Knowledge is there, but you are a consultant and a registrar and a senior doctor because of the experience you have. Mm, yeah and you don't pick that up from a book. So increase the number of patients you're seeing, increase the number of patients you're examining, mm-hmm. because a consultant is a consultant, and we are junior because he has seen hundreds of the same cases, hundreds of the same different cases. So use that knowledge, you know, the source of knowledge, and use that, and expose
1: yourself to as much clinical practice as you can. Yeah. Um, you know, just before we wrap up though, um, I've actually forgotten to say something which is quite important to the transition from preclinical to clinical. Mm. Um, which is important for anyone who experiences this. So when I sort of came to that transition point, I actually struggled. Mm. That adaptation of going from, I was more of a bookworm. Mm. Give me a book and I'll eat it for breakfast, mm. right? I'll mem- memorize, be able to memorize every single piece of text from top to bottom. Mm. When I came to the clinical sort of side, I did find it quite challenging. Mm. Like I know everything about arrhythmias, but mm. when I see it in action, I'm not picking it up. Mm. And it was, I was quite disheartened. I was like, why am I not able to do that? But I think, it goes back to the point you just made about experience right Mm. when you see some see something repetitively Mm. when you see the arrhythmias when you see the heart attacks when you see the pneumonias right all of that textbook knowledge then comes to life Mm. so if you do go into the clinical world and feel a little bit disheartened because you're not able to pick up what everyone is also seamlessly picking up again everyone's different Um, i think it happens to a lot more of the bookworms like Mm. myself you go into that environment and it's difficult now to translate all of that. Mm. But I think stick to your third piece of advice. Keep seeing patients um, ex- in sort of increase your exposure to seeing, sort of examining all of the cases. And with experience, you'll settle in and you'll notice that you, that transition period has been made a lot smoother. Mm. Um, so that's, I think, just to add to your final bit. No, I agree. Quite
0: um, so I think it's a nice time to wrap up Episode seven. Thank you once again for tuning in. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Um, Tune in next week for episode 8 where we'll discuss our intercalated BSCs. Mm -hmm. Um, We did two very different BSCs at two very different universities and I think there is always this debate to BSC or not to BSC. And I think we can talk about that and we can talk about as a medical point of view as well as being junior doctors. Mm -hmm. So tune in next week and we can talk about should you or should you not do an intercalated BSD at med school. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week.
1: See you then.